So, Justin, anything you're excited about in uh, professional wrestling this week? Anything I'm excited about in professional wrestling? Uh, Finn Balor right back into the title picture is awesome. I'll take that. Um, you know, something I'm not excited about is the fact that I suffered a butt injury yesterday. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, you know, you the storm. I, I, I won't go that far yet. I hope not. Uh, fingers crossed, but yeah, no, the storm has got the best of us here in Michigan and uh, me rushing from my car to a garage to right in the middle of the height of the storm. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, second... like huge fucking thunderstorms rolling yes. through. It yes. has been exactly apocalyptic, which is not something we normally get this time of year. Correct. Yeah. And uh, so just my run from the car to the garage, I made it to the garage, but the second my feet uh, landed on the dry concrete, my feet just <gasps> took off from underneath me and I, you know, little leap and landed right on my butt. So oh, no. I, okay. To make it, to make it professional, my tailbone, it's a tailbone yeah. bruised, oh, yeah. bruised tailbone. tailbone. Most likely is, is what it feels like. Coccyx is a, yeah, that's, you know, shout out to the coccyx. So absolutely. Yeah. Are we a coccyx, a coccyx room? I believe I, so. but, and by now I, I have to be right now. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I like to find that, like, just by using the term coccyx, like, that's I'm a very open-ended phrase. I'm, right, right, no, I, I'm just throwing it out there. We are not. It has to be unanimous. We can I move on. It's just, um, oh, I'm in pain. I just feel so bad for Justin because that's yeah, no, got to hurt. It is. It's I'm limping around. It, it, it's, it's a process to sit down and get up and bend over. Welcome and, to our anyway. world, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> now I know I have aged up to you guys for this week. They do say the dry concrete is the hardest part of the driveway. everybody welcome to the one fall show the show that is not only a friendly conversation about professional wrestling a friendly conversation but often a quiz show but not so this week there's so much going on in professional wrestling and we have gotten so off of our rhythm that we're going to take a day to just sit and chat about what is going on i think this is appropriate everybody because Live crowds are coming back. Stories are starting to filter through past the sort of holding pattern that we talked about so many times over the last year. And I think it's just going to be fun to see what people on the panel here are into and what we're not, right? Like, uh, we've introduced Justin already, Chuck Bean, one of our stalwarts, one of our regulars. How are you today, sir? And is there anything that you are particularly excited about in professional wrestling right now? You know what? I didn't think I would be because I absolutely love Jeff Hardy's licensed theme that he's had forever. But the return of No More Words by End Ever After is kind of awesome. It definitely makes it feel more like it's Jeff's. It's like Roman Reigns coming out to the Shields theme. It doesn't feel like it's his. He just inherited it from the other guys. He was a, when Jeff used to just come out to the like he just inherited that. Matt Hardy got a cool Monster Magnet song and he just got that but now he's got his own song again, and that's fun. All right, all right. Uh, sadly, he used it to beat Keith Lee, but we're going to talk about that 
Karen Cross. We're gonna, we're, we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about it. But first, we're going to introduce our, our moral compass, the woman who is not wrong. Nope, never Celebrating wrong. a week after her birthday, I think, right? It's, it's, it's yeah, the birthday I, week. I, we're gonna, we're gonna, let's just do this 52 times, buddy. Yeah. Sure. Why not? <laughs> like yeah, I'm a I'm a week into year 35 and like it's okay. I'm here. Like that's cool. Uh but yeah, I'm here. Also, let me tell you. Uh the whole Erica is not wrong thing I think is finally starting to catch on cuz something happened on Twitter and then I was tagged in something and just all of a sudden hashtag Erica is not wrong and I'm like, yes. Oh hell yeah. Nice. I'm sorry. Yes. I missed that. Yes. Tag. It's a hashtag. Yeah. Uh, so. I am getting back on the sticker train. I promise there are a couple people out there who have been paying me $5 a month for oh a lot of months now and I owe them big time. Uh, Erica is not wrong. Will definitely be one of the, uh, the the first stickers. As will Chuck. Call me Senpai. Excellent. <laughs> will do Senpai. <laughs> Last week, Erica, you were excited by the appearance of Jay White. Uh, we had another sighting. Are you aware of this? And were you equally excited? Uh, Jay, oh, are you talking about another Bullet Club sighting or another Jay White sighting? Oh, oh, he did not. He did not appear on Impact. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. No, here. no, he, no, he did. He appeared oh. on Impact. I really appreciated that, uh, that interaction. But the the appearance of Hikaleo on AEW, uh, because once you get one Tongan, it's only a matter of time before you get more Tongans. And I'm happy to see Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa, and it's gonna be awesome. Hikalea, very tall man, towering over huge. Lance Archer. Yeah. And what a match that was! I, Great you match. know, I don't know if we're gonna get into a conflict here, but I, I, I can. I, I love AEW more and more, and I think that they're doing better and better things. I'm very curious to see if Justin agrees or if he still thinks that things are a little too sporadic over there, but. I don't know. Let's get in the conversation. Justin, you started with the return of Finn Balor. It looks like, yep. uh, looks like Roman. I'm, I'm Shawnee constant. No one particularly <laughs> cares about that. We're going to blow right through it. And let's talk about, uh, I, I loved how uh, Roman reigns uh, completely trashed John Cena went on and on about how he came back with the same old thing referred to him. I, I believe as missionary sex every night. Yeah, <laughs> yep. best line, which I just read on Twitter, WWE has edited out of their YouTube version of that segment, Ooh. which is major boo. But that was a phenomenal line. I thought it was a great turn of events because, um, you know, John Cena coming out and immediately saying, I want Roman Reigns uh, at SummerSlam. Obviously, it cuts weeks of the mystery leading into SummerSlam because we got five weeks to fill when it comes to, you know, promos and so on. So how the, how the hell are we going to go from Cena the second he shows up saying, I want Roman Reigns to building this for five weeks. Uh, let's have not only Roman Reigns say no, but let's have Roman Reigns say yes to another challenger. Sure. I love it. I love that it's Finn Balor. That tells me we're getting at least a Finn Balor Roman Reigns match in between. If not Finn Balor, John Cena match, which makes Finn look strong and good in that time because he deserves a legitimate run on the quote unquote main roster this time around. Does it make Finn Balor look good though? Because it feels like he's in that Bray Wyatt uh, 
position of like, let's get excited about, oh my God, he's going to fight this guy, but let's not, you know, remember that he tends to lose. I think if, I mean, of course, if done right, um, he has this feud with Sami Zayn going on because that's who he returned on. I think if it's done right, you have a a great match between Finn and Roman. And I think you have uh, Sami Zayn get involved, right? Or maybe John Cena, maybe you get, we don't get the happy-go-lucky John Cena and we get the more pissed off that you took my title shot because I already said I wanted the next shot and you stepped in front of me, John Cena. And maybe you get that Cena come out and he robs Finn Balor. I think if Finn Balor is robbed of this title shot but has a good match, he's fine. But I think if he goes out and loses clean, that's where we get right back into he just keeps losing. Now, does the big Roman Reigns... Uh, promo speak to John Cena evolving in or devolving perhaps into like the thugonomics or moving towards that heel that we've heard him talk about doing so many times. I have to believe that it does speak to something of an evolution being about to take place, right? And I see now that uh, the ticket sales have been so bad. We spoke about this uh, about a month ago, probably. Um, that they are now turning this into essentially the John Cena tour. For example, uh, he will be appearing in Detroit. It has been announced by WWE next week. Is anyone right. going to that house show? There's a very good chance I'll end up somewhere in the lower bowl for that show. Yeah, me too. I, I haven't fully decided or you know confirmed I might this week, but I would like to. I'm not overly excited because it's a house show. If it was a TV, I would definitely already be confirmed. The fact that the fact that it's a house show, I'm like maybe. I might. I don't understand that because I've always had twice as much fun at house shows that I've had at TV tapings. Same. I I totally agree because you could tell that there are definitely definitely parts where the wrestlers are just kind of, you know, dicking around and having fun themselves. And when they have fun, I have fun. Right. It's infectious. Yeah, but I, I, well, for me, I am a story guy. You guys know that. So you want the story to move forward. Right. So when I'm going to a show that I am guaranteed there is a 98% chance. And I say 98 because there are the rare occasions they do a title change at these house shows or something like that. Sure. Um, so there's a 98% chance that it's just, you know, fun matches, nothing to do with the story, nothing to do with the show. It's just for entertainment. It's don't get me wrong. I enjoy myself, but I'm not overly excited to make sure I'm there. I, all, I know I'll enjoy myself when I'm there, though. All business, Justin Valentine. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I think with, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought thinking of going to the show. With, but with John Cena, it's tough because he talks about the thugonomics and the heel. But if we're making this the John Cena tour and the way he's already come back, it'd be a tough turn for him to go heel now, right? He should have came back heel, right? Yeah, that should have been how he showed up at Money in the Bank or at least on Raw. Um, You know, I think they can still turn it with Finn taking his spot. Uh, I just think right now though, because he's already done three promos within his first week back and it's all smiles and, you know, as Rock would say, Fruity Pebbles, John Cena, it's it's already too deep in to say, oh, by the way, now I'm going to be this badass, you know. But at the same time, we also need to realize Roman Reigns, the one thing I'll say against John Cena's promo, Roman Reigns has a hell of a lot more fans now than he did last time he feuded with John Cena. 
Sure. And when John Cena was using this, basically the same promo saying people, you know, basically saying people don't like Roman Reigns, it worked back then because people didn't. It don't I work did find now because I did that find that funny on SmackDown that like John Cena's uh, main argument was that SmackDown sucks while Roman Reigns is the champ, and I'm pretty sure nobody feels that way. Exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're all and, really enjoying it. And that's why his point was going against Roman Reigns years ago was, you know, WWE wants you at the top of the of the card, but you suck up here, and everyone loved it. He don't suck up here anymore. Yeah. So I, and I think that's where a heel John Cena can make a little more sense. And I think a heel John Cena versus a head of the table, Roman Reigns is fucking awesome. I think it's fun because you can't script this thing out for six weeks and just assume that the fans are going to fall in line. Right. Right now, sure. everything is up in the air. You know, I think they, they prepared this introduction of John Cena one to just to get the huge nostalgia pop, which is working. Uh, and that's why you re return him as the guy that everybody knows if you are going to sh uh, shift him over. Um, but also, you didn't know uh, if, if is Roman Reigns was just going to start to get booed out of the building again. Now, with the shows all being in uh, Texas, they tend to follow what WWE wants them to sure. follow, is, is my experience. They're, they, 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 they're a buy-in kind of uh, fan base. Um, but... It, can we all agree that it has been so much fun seeing the audiences and these pops and the excitement for all of these things? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. It was even neat to see them do a couple of matches from what was that? Was it rolling loud? The, the oh, yeah, the yeah. Yeah. Smackdown, like very unconventional setup and like the rolling loud crowd is obviously just kind of waiting for the next band to go on stage. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, okay, this is neat. And Chad Gable putting on a show, man. Yeah. Okay. yeah so ridiculous that they buried him as shorty g for so long because you give him three minutes in front of rolling loud and he puts on a clinic mm -hmm. no dude's got such such great chops as a uh collegiate wrestler much like yes. shelton benjamin he's just somebody that like just stick him in don't even tell him just tell him what the finish is just stick him in the ring with somebody <laughs> and say entertain us for three to five minutes and he'll do it absolutely I found mm -hmm. it strange that they used that point to bring back the Street Profits because they've been out for a, a while injured, quote-unquote, and they haven't been in front of a live crowd. And their first appearance was casually in front of a festival crowd, which, again, it looked cool. It was a cool idea. But like Chuck said, that festival crowd was just waiting for the next band, so they weren't crazy into it. It, it was just a, a casual act in between bands. I found that to be a weird spot to bring the Street Profits back. You know, I get it because Bianca Belair was there. So it, it worked out. And she, you know, defended her title there against Carmella. But I, I would have loved to see the first pop in a regular WWE stadium for the Street Profits instead of at a festival where, let's be honest, probably over half of those people in the crowd did not care or know who the hell they were. How, cute, been... is that, how cute is that Snickers commercial, too, with the Street Profits and Bianca Belair? Yeah, yeah. It had been billed that Big E was going to be uh, appearing from the uh, the Rock show, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I think speaking to Justin's comments on the Street Profits, it was a good move to switch him over to the audience because he is the guy, right? Like, yes. I, I believe he is a fan favorite that if he is denied a championship at the end of this run, it's going to be a grave mistake for WWE. I like. Yeah. The sense I have is that as much as we love the guys that are on the top, everybody believes that Big E deserves a run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
but I can also see, especially if he's going to stay on SmackDown, like I would not be surprised if Roman Reigns holds that title for over a year, if not maybe a couple of years, because it's like, it just continues, especially with edge, you know, kind of fallen short a couple of times to Roman Reigns. Like it just continues to build on like, man, when somebody does topple that guy, it's going to be fucking huge. Yeah. The only thing is you, you run the risk when you have a title run that long, of it getting predictable and it's just, mm-hmm. Roman's going to win. Roman's going to win. Roman's right. going to win. Uh, you know, and then you also run the risk of burying guys because yeah. you sure you want to put them in the spotlight, but if Roman's going to win, look what's happened to Cesaro. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what it is about that dude that they do not like him backstage, but man, they do not like him backstage. I don't know if it's his mic work. I don't know what it is, but he is officially right back to where he has always been. Every time we thought he was getting a push and he got his match with Roman. We thought, okay, it's okay that he lost to Roman. He can have a mid-card you know, title run over the summer and then maybe win the Royal Rumble next year, blah, blah, blah. Nope, he's right back to even below the mid-card at this point, not even in a title picture. Uh, you know. But again, it started with him losing to Roman. If we do that too many times with superstars like Big E, who we want to get a title push, then you know that's where a long title run can hurt you. Could and be I believe if- that we're going to get to a spot where Roman won't need the title uh, oh, because sure. he'll just have become such a, a, a white hot megastar. And in fact, taking the title from him can fuel his character. Uh, I, I wouldn't be entirely shocked. I, I don't think it will happen. I wouldn't be entirely shocked if if John Cena did win a title and get that 17. Do you, does anyone think that eventually Ric Flair is going to get trumped in this sort of immediate future kind of uh, world or or do we wait until Ric Flair has moved beyond the pale? I here Here's where I kind of stand on this and perhaps other people feel the same way. For something like this, you, you kind of want him to still be around and agile and coherent or at least coherent by Ric Flair standards. Uh, you know, to have kind of that that really symbolic moment of like, you know, the passing of the torch. Um, it, it's just a matter of time. Like, I'm sorry, like it's going, it should happen. It should happen to me. It should happen. Whether it does, who's to say, uh, but if they're going to do it, they should really do it now, you know, sooner than later. Cause I mean, let's, you know, apparently Ric Flair has amazing doctors because I'll never forget when he was uh, like near death, like to yeah. the point where I'm at work, I, I have a Ric Flair obituary banked because I, I like all the reports were coming in. I'm like, oh, crap. He's I'm like in, you know, as a writer, you kind of have to be prepared for that. Um, sure. But, you know, lo and behold, he pulled through because he's just, you know, a stubborn old man. Uh, and once again, I'm sure access to great medicine. Uh, but it, I think it, it has to happen. It has to happen. Like it, it, it well, if, if it's not going to be Cena, you know, it, it, I mean, obviously Charlotte's eventually going to surpass 16 titles, but is right. that necessarily the same because it's men's and women's and all that jazz? So I mean, it, it should happen. Whether or not it's going to be now, who's, once again, who's to say? Don't know. Does anyone else find it interesting that Edge has been talking about how many titles he's had? Like, it seems to be that the idea of how many titles people have is something that they're sort of, tweaking 
in the fans' minds of like, hey, let's not forget these stats. That could just simply be a way to reconnect fans to the product and sort of, you know, <laughs> remind everybody that they do have somebody somewhere deep in that company who can keep track of continuity, even if they choose not to. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, uh, you know, we all love a good pissing contest. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of, whenever you're counting up all your achievements like that, that's what that is. So right. I, I think it makes good logical story sense to kind of have guys going, um, excuse me, what about me and my titles? I'm right. great too. So I, yeah. I think, you know, Hooray, let's do it. Keep on yeah. pissing. I, I think it's just like Erica said, it's for story. I think we've gotten past the point that Edge is going to get another title run. I don't think he is. Um, I think if he was going to WrestleMania or Money in the Bank, like the fact that he's already over for 2 uh, at this point in his career, I think he's here just to build the Roman Reigns and the Seth Rollins and whoever else he may get into a story with, uh, build those guys up. Um, I also think it's too late for John Cena to get another title run. I think he's done. I think I don't want to see it. I love John Cena. This is not a knock on John Cena. I don't want to see another title run from him. I'm cool with him coming back and having the main event matches. He's still phenomenal on the mic and he could tell great stories. I don't, I don't think it, it benefits anybody to have him have any type of title run. And I sure as hell don't want him to win it just to say he surpassed it and then lose it right away. So I don't want to see either one. I don't want to see a long title run from him and I don't want to see him win it just to say he won it. So I think we're past that point with him. While I, I haven't seen fast nine, I assume just considering that franchise, there's going to be a 10th one and he's probably going to be in it. So expect him back to kind of help promote that film. Um, like, and maybe he'll finally break the record when it's like fast 12. <laughs> Who's to say? I remember- maybe, maybe uh, the title in a fast movie. Yeah. I, you win the 24 seven title during a fast movie. Oh. Yes, you can. Yeah, it makes true. total sense. Um, I remember back in the early 2000s when Booker T would, you know, be like the five time, five time, five yes. time, five time, five time. Um, somebody uh, jokingly being like, wait, you lost the title four times? And that's what I always <laughs> think of when people are like, I'm the 16-time world champion. I'm like, so you've lost the title 15 times, huh? <laughs> How's that feel? <laughs> um, you know, speaking of losing, that sort of gives me a nice little transition to the mid-card on SmackDown, where I am loving Baron Corbin right now. Yes. That's a sentence I never thought you'd hear on this podcast. I've always been sort of a lukewarm defender of the man because he always shows up and does whatever the job is, no matter how preposterous. But it's good to see, uh, like, okay, so this is a guy that in NXT was reviled because he was a football star that was thrown in with uh, the indie guys. So the Marks had just all kinds of animosity towards him. And he has just put in the work. And now I'm starting to see the Smarks getting won over by this character and it warms me heart yeah. um <laughs> the fact that this the, so we had this whole scenario where he was he was trying to bum money off of ko and ko gave him some money and then he got shot in the groin yes thank you I, i'm sorry i love you <laughs> he got hit in the uh, from the tank uh, shell and then the dirty dogs come and steal his money are we gonna see <laughs> Are we going to see Baron Corbin and KO versus the Dirty Dogs? Yeah, and that's where it's suddenly a match that like I am ultra hyped for. How <laughs> did this happen? What is going on? Yeah, I I love the story and how Corbin's been uh, you know selling it hundred percent. I don't know. 
and I'm, I'm not saying I'm not going negative against it yet. I legitimately don't know how I feel about him and KO as a team. Uh, this version of Corbin could be fun because KO's fun, but I, in general, I, like, is this just a one-off to have a match with the Dirty Dogs and be done? Or are we really trying to build a team here that's going to win the tag team titles like they're doing with RK Bro on SmackDown or on Raw? I mean. So I don't know how I feel about that yet. I never thought KO Corbin team would ever even be an option in my mind. That Baron Corbin uh, promo with, with KO on SmackDown was the highlight of that two hours. And I should have known, because it's just good storytelling. When it starts with Kevin Owens and the tank, I should have known that's going to come into play in a couple of minutes. But it did not occur to me whatsoever until Very the true. camera started to pan back to them. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's about to Oh, my God. <laughs> Yep. And it yep. was yep. comedy genius. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I was just talking to Amy about this last night. And on one hand, I love that Baron Corbin's downward spiral is leading him into facehood. Like eventually he, for every person, it's going to be different, but eventually he's going to hit such a rock bottom for every single person. They're going to be like, okay, now I kind of feel for the guy. Now I want to see him come back. I want to see him rise back to, and maybe be a better person for having gone through this. Somebody on Twitter pointed out too, it was last year's Money in the Bank where he broke a mirror. Yes. And that might have something to do with this as well. <laughs> yeah, yep. he's got one year of bad luck in, the, in, in his back pocket. Yep. Uh, so in 2027, we'll be looking for him to finally rise and uh and that's when he gets his the, first the title championship ring. yes now, now now question does he actually grow his hair back out because he is uh, to sell yeah. the bum look right but will he actually grow that hair back out now i'm it, hoping he changes that lobo tattoo to hobo which is what i thought it originally <laughs> was <laughs> Yeah, ridiculous that we can be entertained by Baron Corbin after hating him for so many years. Yeah. Gives somebody like Eva Marie hope. Yeah, it's sort of the Miz formula, right? Like you show up enough and eventually you earn at least some modicum of respect yeah. from people. And yeah. I, I've been kind of enjoying the whole Miz in a wheelchair shenanigans. Um, I, I don't love it, but I don't love anything on Raw still. What did y'all right. think of Raw? Is there anything that you thought was uh, a real shining uh, moment? I mean, we did see uh, the return of Keith Lee after... Let me let me just give a little bit of a, a preamble here. It was confusing because he kept releasing cryptic tweets, and so we yes. couldn't. Re I wasn't sure ever along this path was he pulled for creative reasons? Was it for health reasons? Was it for uh, wrestling reasons? We still don't know. We see him come back, and uh, I'm going to lump these two together. We see Karrion Cross show up. They hype the Karrion uh, Cross, uh, the, the NXT champions here, and they give him two minutes, gets squashed. What what, what what do we feel about all of this right now? I, I'm good with Keith Lee's loss. Again, uh, he had a quality match, you know, with the WWE champion. Bobby Lashley's having a great title run. I'm okay with that loss. That does not hurt him. Karrion Cross blows my mind because the dude is a monster on NXT. He is the face of NXT. I run this place. He's taking out the GM. He's going at Samoa Joe. But then, A, the timing makes no sense. He's casually showing up on Raw. Um, and B, he gets squashed by, no offense, but Jeff Hardy, who they have no plans to push ever. So it's like, why? What is the point of this? 
the timing makes no sense. The results, if he showed up and squashed Jeff Hardy, okay, I could, okay, maybe it's to show how dominant the NXT champion is. Fine. But when you had the NXT champion randomly showing up on Raw to lose in a three-minute squash match, and then he, the next night he's he's choking out the NXT GM and saying, this is my world to Samoa Joe. Bro, you just got squashed 24 hours ago. What do you mean? Makes no sense. There are a couple of different facets, specifically to the Karrion Cross story, that I think loan itself. And I'm sure there's another wrestler that we'll talk about later in this show, something that happened over the weekend here, uh, where multiple losses can be storytelling. It can, you know, further a character uh, trait. And I think that could be what they're looking for with Karrion Cross. We're so used to it as wrestling fans. Somebody debuts on Raw or SmackDown and they, they got to win the first one. They've got it. They, you put them up against a Jinder Mahal or a Titus O'Neil. And of course they're going to win this thing. And unfortunately that's where Jeff Hardy is right now as well. However, Jeff winning with his feet on the ropes could be storytelling towards a Jeff Hardy heel turn of sorts. It also gives Karrion Cross an immediate um, feud on raw now him and jeff hardy are going to go at it for the next couple of weeks and and if Karrion cross is going to be a regular um a, a regular face on on raw he's that means his time in nxt is is you know short for us and uh having him go on a string of losses can only fuel a character like that the same way it has bobby lashley to to a meaner Karrion cross the timing just doesn't make sense for me when you have him on the Again, because NXT isn't just a third brand, it's it's treated as, as a different world, right? Samoa Joe's yelling at Regal, why are you letting Cross do whatever he wants? He just showed sure. up at Raw, blah, blah, blah. Um, so when you have uh, him dominating in a completely different world, putting on a great story with Samoa Joe, which is obviously leading to takeover at the end of August, and then casually showing up on Raw to lose, it just doesn't make sense. When KO showed up as NXT champion and John Cena's face, that helped fuel him as NXT champion because it's John Cena. It, it was for a U.S. title. Sure. Like, I see what you're saying, but when it's against a Jeff Hardy, who is, again, in a Titus O'Neil Jinder Mahal role at this moment, I don't see how this benefits him right now. I don't think... I think NXT has to had to change gears on the Karrion Cross Samoa Joe thing. I don't think it was supposed to happen this fast, but I think Karrion Cross is one of the people that Vince saw and was like, I want him, and I want him in about two weeks, and... The creative in NXT is like, okay, we've got this window to tell the story we were going to tell. What do we cut? And how do we get there in that so amount of time? Is Samoa Joe taking the title off across? I don't know. Maybe. That would I be, would be uh, mad at it. Interesting. It would be interesting. I, I think that the thing that is so frustrating is as we're looking for rays of sunshine now that touring is returning again to see that there is still this wall between NXT and WWE, right? Like this is a pocket universe that has no meaning whatsoever. Yeah. We're going to give you ancient ass Jeff Hardy, who's been used shoddily at best over pandemic. And that's going to be yeah. your feud. Doesn't exactly yeah. feel like, you know, the return of uh, or the next Goldberg, which is sort of what I think you could do with a carrying cross. He's just a guy right. who would be so over if he came in as a monster. It's really this is a situation where you sort of wish you had John Cena holding that U.S. title and doing the open challenge like when he put KO over in his sure. first appearance. Right. Um, and, and we didn't get anything like that at all with carrying cross, which is just right. disappointing for fans who have followed these guys for a really long time. It's like. 
all of your, your, your entire resume is garbage once you hit the WWE and why that's a, why that's considered to be a strength of the WWE. I will never understand. And I hope that once Vince is gone, it's no longer uh, the way uh, the, the, the product is approached. It is nice now that we've got like basically on the other side of the fence, we've got five or six indie promotions all playing well together. Like being the impact champion doesn't not matter when you make it to AEW on television or being the NWA women's champion. Like that holds water when you show up as, as uh, Thunder Rosa did. Right. Putting a huge spotlight on the new Japan and um, United States championship is, right. is yep. really interesting. You know, I mean, they're making those marquee matches at a time when the, the, the match cards are just jam packed with stuff that I'm excited to see. It's not as though they've lost three or four big stars and they have to bring up a bunch of people from dark and they're like trying to scramble right. to figure out how to set a main event. I mean, you have Moxley and Archer just, just put on a killer show. For yeah. sure. Uh, I, who, who saw, uh, Archer winning, not I, said the cow. No, nope. not nope. at all. And I was so pleasantly surprised, I think mainly because, and I I know I saw somebody joke about this, perhaps it was that account, um, like it's Vince McMahon Googling. Sure. Does anybody else? <laughs> yeah, or, uh, or it was something along the lines of like, oh, yeah, someone won in their hometown? What? <laughs> and they won a title? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I was thrilled to see it because Archer, we've seen him go up for like the TNT title and, and other marquee things and fall short. And like he should, even though I feel like he's a guy who doesn't really need a title, he should have one. He's kind of yeah. deserved it. And to see him go over like that uh, was fantastic i was so i was so happy uh and it's going to be interesting to see uh gosh i mean who who came oh well he's gonna be facing hikaleo next week which is gonna be great um i mean hikaleo not my favorite bullet club guy like he's you know a solid solid guy but like i i'm sorry i just like tamatanga better i like you know (laughs) i just do he's got more charisma he he's just like you you when you see him in the ring it's like okay that guy like there's there's more like he's obviously he's got the the chops athletically but like he just has that charisma so it'll be interesting once hikaleo comes out who else is going to show up will king haku show up because also (laughs) king haku is bullet club as well I was going to ask, is, is, uh, did I, am I reading this right? Is Hikaleo like King Haku's son? Yeah. Well, okay. So Hikaleo, Tamatanga, Tangaloa, like they're like adopted sons. Like they're like, I I forgot how it all kind of works, but like basically like, yeah, that's their dad. Um, and, and it's, oh, oh, it's like when they went, when, uh, King Haku like showed up and was kind of like hanging out with Bullet Club. And there was the big event in San Francisco. It must've been 2017, where you had that New Japan show where basically Bullet Club imploded and there was a division between like the elite guys and then like the straight up Bullet Club guys. And then like the follow-up episode of BTE, you see all the elite guys like hanging out, like going like, what the, what happened? And then like Cody Rhodes comes in, he's like, what the hell is Haku's problem? Because like Haku beat the hell out of people. It was great. It was and like just super stiff, like just basically him. And oh, 
it's like just the possibilities of, of what's going to happen when finally now that, you know, the pandemic is so, yeah, I mean, it's still, it's still happening right now, but you have people who are a little bit more active, who are a little bit more close to, you know, the borders and they're going to be, you know, showing up places. It's, it's just exciting. I love when people are working together. I can never <laughs> There's get- so many of them working together. I can never get enough stories of Haku just being a tough bastard. Crazy. It was not something I understood as a child when I would watch him on television. But every time I hear another old timer tell some story about Haku just beating somebody's ass, I'm like, oh, that's that's good to know. He was yeah. just he was just a tough guy. He was just crazy as hell and like still is. Yeah. Which is great. I love I, uh, it. I feel bad in this whole, because you're right, with everyone coming over from New Japan and w- one after the other, great matches on AEW. I feel bad for Impact because at some point, it's going to get, this relationship between AEW and Impact is no longer going to be necessary because New Japan has more names that people are more excited for if they cross over, right? I'm sorry, if Moose invades AEW, not going to get the pop. as any of the new japan guys coming over and invading aew and a this this when this relationship happened with impact and it started we thought it was going to at some point erica you preached to me slow storytelling it'll it'll make sense we had a pandemic brother what i understand that but they kept going so i'm not you can't use it as an excuse because everyone was still there for the most part between impact and aew okay the thing is, all it was was to make Kenny Omega look strong, and that's fine. But you would think if there's a relationship, Impact was getting something out of the deal, and they're really not. They're really not out of the, you know this long. Nothing's happened. There's been no Impact stars coming over to AEW for matches on Dynamite, let alone a pay per view or anything like that. They're not getting anything out of this. AEW is getting everything out of this because their champion is looking strong because he's wearing more gold. He's going over and squashing all your big stars so far. And it's, this has been going on for eight months and we are still where we started eight months ago. Kenny Omega is every, everything. AEW is better than impact and impact isn't even biting back at all in story or in real life. I find impact to be just so interesting because I, it seems like they have a couple hundred thousand fans. I, I assume 100% of them buy t-shirts because I don't understand the business model. <laughs> Otherwise I've said that many times, but it, it's pretty clear to Justin's point that they need to do something in terms of revamping what they're doing. I don't care what it is. I don't know if maybe, maybe local touring, you know, tell the same stories, but do some local touring to build some grassroots support or completely change your format in some fashion because they've had so much given to them in terms of of arrows pointing to the promotion, like watch me here. And as you said before, we had the same people essentially one year later saying, oh, I'm gonna start watching Impact. Um, You know, I had already fallen into that trap a year ago. I watched for a couple of months and just couldn't continue to make the time for them. And I, I didn't do it this time. Whereas uh, I don't know, has did any of you watch Impact this week? I did. I watched Twitter highlights. Yeah. yeah. How did you like it? Was it was it good stuff? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a like it was 
fine. Like I, I more or less tuned in to see what the interaction would be with Jay White and mm-hmm. the Good Brothers and stuff. Obviously, that was the main draw. Uh, mm-hmm. But then you also had on the show, you have that side thing going on with Mickey James and the yep. NWA show, the the women's show, and how like she's trying to get Deanna Perrazzo for that show. And and I feel like the once again. And I've said it before, the only thing if if they're going to continue this relationship, AEW with Impact, uh, the only thing that they haven't done yet is to have the women do some stuff. And there there are plenty of bodies to do something cool and interesting. And I mean, why that hasn't happened, I couldn't tell you. It's it is frustrating because the the like having a well having like a Deanna Perrazzo versus a Britt Baker would be a hell of a match. Having Jordan Grace against anyone would be fantastic. Hell yeah! Uh, I mean, to to appease Chuck Bean, having Abaddon versus Rosemary. I mean, it it, it would be spooky bullshit. I would would tune in for that. His he would be his dream match. Right, right there. Once again, why it hasn't happened, I have no idea. But no, you are right, Justin. They do have to figure out what is the game plan? What is next? So on the most recent Grilling JR, uh, he was talking about the Invasion pay-per-view from like 2001. Mm -hmm. And while we're talking about this, it makes me think, how cool would it be if all these guys, AEW, New Japan, uh, Impact, and um, um, uh, NWA, what if they just like, not so much did an invasion, but did this like yearly pay-per-view where it's like, we're going to pit one promotion star against a different promotion star. Sure. And it, like 10 matches of like champion versus champion or tag team versus tag team, or just, you know, like create feuds, spend a month creating feuds between promotions so that we can do this really cool crossover uh, pay-per-view. That would well, be I mean, so fun. That's essentially what, you know, War of the Worlds and what the G1 Supercard was at yeah. uh, Madison Square Garden. The fact, I mean, I, once again, I'm sure, you know, for the past year and a half, the pandemic stood in the way of that. Um, yeah. Who knows what's going to happen now? Because obviously Japan is still kind of experiencing some crazy crap. And of course, mm-hmm. now they have the influx of people there or these athletes there for the Olympics. Right eventually there has to be some sort of massive show where it is like you guys said various tag teams from different promotions champions it whatever it is there has to be some sort of big ta-da yeah uh, because that g1 supercard show well i mean the the new japan stuff was Mm -hmm. really awesome uh so we'll you know there ha- there has to be a blow off there has to be something big has to just, we've been saying that for so long and to me it was right there right the story was there because when AEW first started showing up their world champion won their world title tony khan is on there running ads every week just bashing on how impact is garbage compared to AEW and we're going to promote our show on your show and there's your story. But for some reason within story, Impact just continues along their, their day. Like none of that's going on. We're not going to bite back at the fact that this other company is coming in and running ads on our show, shitting on our company. We're just going to continue to do what we're doing and they totally ignore that. We're never going to show up over there. And it's been going on for that long. If it happens this week, to me, it makes no sense because 
where you been for the last eight months? Like now you decide to do something. I wonder what's going on because obviously Don Callis has been, he's no longer with impact uh, as far as an executive goes. And obviously he was very much key to that relationship. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But as far, once again, that show that I was referring to, I'm thinking that like the five promotions, because I think there's no way that you could really sell an AEW impact show as like a major thing. You need new Japan. You need the NWA folks. You need, I mean, you hell throw in a couple of AAA CMLL guys in there as well. You know, having like just a crazy super show like that. That's the show I'm talking about. Um, You need it in front of an audience. You, you yes, you do. A big one. Yeah. I I think, I'm so excited about what could be happening because we've had these rumors now with Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. Right. Uh, I bought tickets to go to see the New York AEW show. Um, Even if nothing happens in terms of new faces that day, there's no doubt that they're going to go into New York looking to make a point and it's going to be an awesome show and it'll be the first chance I'll get to see AEW live. So I figured that was a pretty good gamble. I'm going to get to uh, hang out with a friend of the show, Manly Jack Manly has offered to, uh, to be my tour guide as I'm in New York city. I haven't been there since I was a kid. So uh, I'm really excited by the prospects, but I think that speaking to the super show, you know, seeing, okay. So you go Jay white and then, um, um, who's the very tall man from uh, <laughs> from the Bullet Club who just made his appearance? Um, Hikaleo. Hikaleo. Thank you, thank you. I, I just kept seeing Tongalo in my head, and I felt if I said <laughs> anyone else's name, he was going to punch me, and I froze. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we are seeing them trickle over. Uh, I think that this Trials of Jericho story is interesting, and in some ways, I'm wondering if they've learned from past mistakes of telling the two concurrent stories with two superstars because by Nick Gage showing up, you get such a huge pop from the Smarks, but you're not making a huge like ratings pop. Right. Right. But if, for example, I don't know, um, a murder grandpa showed up as his next trial. How much fun would that be? And we would be escalating there. So you have his story escalating. It makes sense. Jay White showed up. You have the, the name of names from Bullet Club and then you go lower right you bring a, a guy who's a you know next maybe we'll see the ghost of i don't know dick togo or something sure. um but you build up to they the samoans us. coming in because they're so good on twitter they're <laughs> so good at you know just raking raking the slime that yep. when they finally show up it's going to be such a the sideshow is going to be as great as the wrestling i think yeah. But in the meantime, you have Jericho. I mean, you have to escalate from this, right? Like, you can't have Nick Gage show up, especially after going through, like, a 30-minute bar. Did anyone see any of the highlights or watch the Nick Gage Cardona match? Holy shit. Yeah. I saw yeah. some pictures and some video on Twitter, and uh, I missed out because, holy moly, like, I'm not super into hardcore wrestling, but this seems like this was the hardcore wrestling match to have seen in 2021. <laughs> but never thought Matt Cardona would be a part of that. A saying that. <laughs> no, yeah. Brilliant for Matt Cardona, right? Like a yeah. guy who just got caught in the, un- not even the mid card of WWE and just trapped there for so long. He sure. had to make a big impression and he has. Now he hasn't necessarily won me over because I still don't know much about the guy. I, I don't care much about action figure collecting. I was not a part of his YouTube world. Um, and he was in the hype bros, which I was never my favorite, but, um, 
Uh, I think, it, I mean, it makes a huge, uh, a huge statement. And as a matter of fact, this is the night two of that GCW event is going on while we're recording this. I, I don't know how they top that, but man, yeah. when he won seeing like a half filled beer cans come flying into I definitely get what met, uh, what, what, what uncle Dave is saying in terms of this is not great for the business. However, GCW is a different animal, right? Like oh, GCW yeah. is not here to promote the long-term health of the business. All right. Oh. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> you know, that's uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who was giving you your information, but that's not what GCW is, sir. Very true. <laughs> well, and that goes back to what we were saying about impact too. Like, I feel like in both cases, the product, uh, the impact or the GCD product, it knows what it is and it's not going to try and be anything other than what it is. And I think mm. that's why uh, you, Nick Gage has such a following and GCW has such a following is because that's the particular flavor that a segment of the audience absolutely wants a ton of and that's what they're there for and that's there i would love to see what the percentage is of uh nick cage fans that wouldn't be watching aew under normal circumstances but holy shit he's showing up this wednesday i gotta see it yeah you know the one thing i'll say the one thing i'll say with the nick gage showing up and correct me if i'm wrong because i'm thinking about this this mjf storyline with chris jericho in the trials wasn't he supposed to go through every member of the pinnacle and then get to MJF? I think and that's now what we were turning into. I think that's what we were great. supposed I'm to cool assume. Right. Well, and I think was... that's what MJF said in that promo. He tricked him, he sir. Deal. Why are you so hung up on reading uh-huh. the script and predicting? You're like, I thought this was going to happen. Here's and the it thing. didn't, so it sucks. Here's the what problem. are you, six years old? <laughs> no, 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 no. But the problem is the way he delivered it. He might be six years old. I'm not sure. That's very true. Listen, he should have delivered it in the sense of, ha ha, I got you. But he delivered it in the sense of, this is what it was always supposed to be. If you're going to be that heel where I'm going to trick you, you need to sell that, ha ha, I tricked you. Instead, the way he sold it comes off as, did AEW forget that that's what they said? Or did he, was he not supposed to say that in the promo? Because that's what he said in the promo. You're going to go through every member of the pinnacle before you get to me. But if this was just going to be the trial of Jericho and it's going to be a surprise, whatever I want, whoever I want, that's how it should have been sold. And if it was a trick, it needs to be sold as a trick because it wasn't. And now it's coming off as did MJF mess up or did the writers mess up or who confused here what was supposed to be the story it's great i'm with it but if it's it, i it's think still he's still gonna work through all the members of the pinnacle i, I i'm right. so confused by your grape yeah <laughs> i honestly yeah this is the most nitpick like look no, i get it no, no 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 you're a wwe guy i get it no, uh, no. yes you not yes like you, honey not like that yeah it, but isn't it isn't it's not, it? Though. <laughs> it is not like that because again it, it is it is things like this that AEW, when it comes to telling their story, they need to tell, or their superstars. Again, I, it may not be the writers. It may be MJF slipping up when he did the promo. I don't know. But the point is, if the if the whole story here was MJF telling Jericho he has to go through one thing, but instead t- putting him through another, that's what needs to be sold. That's not what was sold. What was sold here was, it was as if MJF completely forgot he said to Pinnacle members or the writers changed their mind and just went with it. 
and it should have been thrown out there. MJF saying something along the lines of, I told you you were going through this, but you know what? I changed my mind. If you want to get to me, you have to go through this instead. You got to sell the same story. It's still consistent storytelling. How dare the bad guy lie? But that's not what's being sold. (laughs) You guys are assuming. You guys are assuming because he's the bad guy that we're just going to say he's the heel and he lied. And that might be the truth, but that's not what was being sold. And if you don't sell it on TV, I'm not the one that's supposed to be telling your story because you guys are assuming that. And that may not be the case. They may have messed up, but you're just assuming that, oh, because he's the heel, he lied. I'm not the one that should be telling your story. You should be telling your own story. And if MJF pulled a heel move and lied about who Jericho had to go through, that's what needs to be told. That was never told. I'm all for it. Because it, it leaves it open for surprises and whatever. It's great. But that's not the story they're telling. I'm and, just and, looking and, forward and, to Nick Gage getting as close to killing Jericho as he possibly can. And also and that's another the, worry I have. Speaking the Super talking. Show idea, he did, you know, he he you know, he he had his little promo as the the pain maker, which I think looks absolutely ridiculous. <sighs> However, that aside speaks to New Japan. That's his new Japan character. Right. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Remember what Jay about two months ago I, I pointed out why why did Jay, JR mention Suzuki? That's awful weird. Murder yeah. grandpa. Also, oh. there was supposed to be a match just before pandemic that was OC versus Minoru Suzuki. And god damn it, if Minoru Suzuki comes to this, the shores of this great nation, God bless America, and does not face Orange Cassidy, I'm gonna be so bummed. <laughs> that is the match I wanna see of all professional wrestling matches in 2021. Speaking of Orange Cassidy, can can we uh can we applaud Sting for playing no, along? Sting. How like, absolutely so well. How? doing his little chest beater thing. Yes. I mean, that it was, was just that was good. Th- very cute, very funny. Uh, if if you would have if you'd have taken Orange Cassidy aside, like three four years ago, and be like, "Hey, so dig this. You're gonna be on television, and then you're gonna do your little shtick with Sting, and everyone's gonna he'll be like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> like <laughs> like it's it's the craziest right, thing. Right. But as soon then as he goes happens, to the best friends and he says, "Trent." They just told me this and this and this. And Trent goes, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) That's not happening. By the way, everything we're saying about the New Japan Jericho bringing out, which it was, that was a goofy segment overall, the way he broke out that, you know. He had his back turned and immediately I was like, please don't wear the pain maker. Well, he he was wearing the the jacket. Like that's the pain maker jacket. It was horribly set up because you have Marvez talking to Jericho, but talking into the camera. Like the way he was doing that, like Jericho's right here. He's like, Chris Jericho, that talk, who are you talking to him? And then you could see, so it was obvious. But all of that, these New Japan little, that I'm getting, slowly getting the vibe that AEW, for whatever reason behind the scenes, not happy with the impact story that they thought they were going to have. And they're trying to do it with New Japan now that we're slowly getting crowds back and they can bring them over. Um, I'm, just, I'm just getting that vibe that what we're seeing with new Japan is going to be what was supposed to be impact. But for some reason, they don't want to do it with impact anymore. Well, once again, Don Callis is no longer an executive with Mm -hmm. impact. So clearly something happened that we don't know. Right. Uh, And who knows if we'll ever even really find out, or if this is something we figure out, 
you know, years down the road. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like the relationship with New Japan was bound to happen, but we all know what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and now, truth be told, I would love for wrestlers from Japan to come to America, if only to perhaps get them some vaccinations because uh, we have a ton. <laughs> Sure. And like they're not readily available in Japan. Let's protect these guys. And yeah, right. yeah, like like sure, numbers are rising up here. They're not as bad as they are in Tokyo. Right. So let's protect. Let's could could we at least just get Minoru Suzuki over here? He is a fifty-something-year-old <laughs> man. Let's protect him. Yes. Good call. Good call. Protect that murder, Grandpa. Yes, at all costs. <laughs> he's he's so good. He's so good, and he's so lovely in real life. He just shows off his fancy socks and goes fishing. He's a lovely man. Lovely. Yeah, you know what? I would hope that uh, going back to Haku, I would hope that was what that was the kind of person he was. That like, there's all these stories of him just being like this really tough bar fighting jerk, but then like he was the best dad. Yeah, that's how that usually goes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That checks out. Let's look at my notes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So what have we, uh, have we missed anything? Do we, do we have anything else that we want to talk about? I think it's been a pretty good conversation here on my phone making noises. How dare you, sir? <laughs> I, I, I have a couple things and they're both kind of toward the negative side of things. And I apologize because I don't like to be that way, but there's a couple things I need to, you know, say first off, Goldberg showing up obviously was thought of to be the case, you know, it was rumored and so on. So it wasn't, that's not what I was upset about. What I'm upset about is I don't want to see anyone in the wrestling universe, at least the WWE universe complaining about him showing up ever again, because the guy gets one of the biggest pops in WWE history. That is why they keep going back to him. No matter how bad his matches are, how bad his title reigns are, how short they are, whatever, and he can't go. We know that we talk, we've said all that. He almost killed uh, the Undertaker. Right. Yet every yes. time he shows up, every single time he shows up, everyone in that damn stadium loses their mind. And that is why Vince McMahon will continuously say, "Let's go to Goldberg for our our top four pay per view for a main event." If he, as long as he can physically go for two minutes, barely sweat through it all <laughs> he will continue to turn to Goldberg but then you go to social media people hate it but then they go to the live shows and they love it well the live, if they're going to get the live reaction they're going to turn to him first off secondly you mentioned CM Punk and Daniel Bryan obviously ne- nothing negative to say about either one of those two but I have a lot got... negative to say about Phil Well, I... <laughs> have you ever seen him in the octagon well yeah this... <laughs> About the thought of a show up of a, a debut there, man. AEW just needs to start building the people they have, okay? Because you have you have way too much going on at this point. And I'm sorry, you. I I struggle to believe a a a ten o'clock at night Friday show is going to be telling a lot of stories. And when you just had Malachi Black and Andrade show up, which made people care a little less about Christian Cage, who is now buried in a mid card. If, if and when CM Punk and or Daniel Bryan show up, people are going to care a little less about Malachi Black and Andrade because now it's CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Plus, you got everyone showing up from New Japan. 
you have too much going on. I understand these guys are available. I understand the draw of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, but at the same time, you just debuted Andrade. Build him for a minute. Let him get a run and let's enjoy that. You just signed Malachi Black. Build him to a world title opportunity. But again, the second CM Punk and or Brian, you know, Brian Danielson, whatever his name ends up being over there, show up. People are going to care that much less about the guys that you just debuted. And you, plus you have the New Japan crossovers consistently happen, happening, which are also great, but you have too much going on. So unless you're going to get a second show that is a Dynamite style two hour show that is telling stories like Dynamite, you need to slow your roll when it comes to signing all these people or back up on something, whether it's the free agent signings, the New Japan relationship, whichever, because there's way too much going on. I agree. I bought those three tickets. It's going to cost me a couple of thousand dollars to go to New York. And frankly, uh, if, if Daniel Bryan and CM Punk square off when they could have put the rocket strap on the varsity blondes, I'm going to be pissed. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> no, get out like, of here. Okay, well, and here's the, the thing. The moments will still be good because they're still CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, and I get that, but I'm talking long-term. The moments are still, it's still going to get a pop. It's still going to get a pop from me because it's still them. But when it comes to once they're there and once we're over the honeymoon phase of, oh my God, CM Punk is back, then either A, a couple of the other guys I was just excited about aren't getting the storytelling time that they were once because now CM Punk's there or B CM Punk's going to end up be getting buried at some point, just like Christian Cage is. How many times did you get excited leading into Royal Rumble thinking CM Punk was going to come back yeah. and you were all jittery? No, 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 I was. not, not you, Shawnee. I'm talking about Justin. I can't I count how many times you were like CM Punk. I think it's going to happen. I, I think it's going to happen. And I now was. it's going to happen here. And you're like, I don't know, guys. Yeah. I just because don't know about this. One. I will get excited. I'm, I was okay with the WWE thought because they have two shows that he can have time on Raw without burying whoever on SmackDown. AEW, let's be real, has one show to tell their main stories. No, according yeah. to you, they have Hours one show. Yeah. To tell their main stories, their big superstars, their main event storylines. That's one show. Those guys aren't getting featured main events for the IWGP US title is not on dark. There's no main events for the TNT title on, you know, any of the YouTube shows or anything like that. We'll see what rampage ends up being. But again, 10 o'clock on a Friday, it's gotta be no longer than an hour. Right. I don't know how much they're going to do on that show. We'll see when that comes around in August. It's not about CM Punk that I have a problem with. It's the fact that, you need to realize how much time you have to tell your main stories. CM Punk is way too big of a name to throw on a YouTube show on a Monday night. Well, he's not going to be on the YouTube show on a Monday night. But that's my point. Then who's going to get pushed to the YouTube show on a Monday night? Malachi Black? I don't know. I don't know. Let's look at WWE and see how they bury Karrion Cross. Like, I just, there is very much a double standard with you. But Karrion Cross gets his push on NXT. That doesn't make sense because it's not consistent. But he is the he is the NXT champion and dominant on NXT. What we see on Raw doesn't make sense, but he gets his time on NXT. You are such a story queen. It's it's <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm hopeful that when they do get their second show. I hope show that your Friday, list of titles is exactly one sentence long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hopeful when they do get their Friday show that we don't get like a double shot every week of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. No, I don't want that. that you, you don't want a super elite show? Yeah, like well, I, I don't, don't know want... if I would hate it. I, I don't know. I don't have an. I, I don't have a decision yet. I'm with Justin in that. I, I believe Justin, and correct me if I'm wrong. The idea of a one-hour Friday night show just seems weird, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure how this thing works. They'll right. have to wow me, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if it ends up being a basically a continue on from Dynamite, and they're telling stories and like, oh whatever main stories they have like it's basically just dynamite a third hour of dynamite a couple nights later i'm all for it okay then sure now we now we got something going but when it comes to the time slot in the day and the way they're selling it it sure as hell is just coming off as just basically AEW dark on tv and we're gonna just kind of have some matches to highlight some of our superstars and then Dynamite's still going to be the only show that's telling the main stories. Do you think yeah, maybe but- they go like all spectacle over there? Like you get two, like maybe three matches. They're all big spectacle. You do the promos on Wednesday. You see those shows. Sure. And they aren't necessarily like developing the title picture, but you're getting to see that sort of win-loss record, building legacy, things that you use when you that's, bring them if back. That's how they want to build. If that's how they want to build their story, they really want to you know, dive into the records, then yeah, that's the time to do it. You know what I mean? I 100% agree with that, but they, in my mind, they need to treat this like a third hour of dynamite. Otherwise, it is a waste of time because you have a lot going on and you now have another hour of TV. So you need to be taking that hour of TV seriously, even though it's at 10 o'clock on a Friday night. You need to be treating it as if you had a third hour of dynamite because you have enough superstars and stories to do a three-hour show. We bitch about Raw, AEW, because that's their only main show. They they do have enough to pull off three hours. They need to take advantage. That hour needs to be taken seriously every single week. It cannot be like what Sunday Night Heat was in the past and main event has turned into and velocity and so on, right? Like those are just bullshit shows to just put on some matches. Raven Rampage and Stephen Richards carry exactly. Sunday Night Heat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if it is that style of show, it is a waste of time. It needs to be treated like a third hour of Dynamite. And then I'll be a little more okay with how much they have going on because it, a lot, Dynamite feels rushed a lot of times. It's going to be so tricky because that time slot's weird. Um, a lot yeah, of the people is. I know did not like the Friday night AEW and they actually fell off watching during that period. So right. if you if it becomes mandatory viewing for Wednesday nights, you have do run the risk of alienating the hardcores that have been there, you know, through the whole pandemic and all of the ups and downs of this thing. But if it turns into a show where the hardcore fans know if I miss Rampage, I'm going to be behind. Right. Because like, I don't watch dark. I never feel behind following AEW stories. And that's what I'm talking about. I tune into dynamite in their pay-per-views. I do not tune into their YouTube shows and I never feel behind of what's going on in AEW. Okay. Rampage needs to be that show where it's, if I don't watch Rampage, I'm going to be confused or a little behind of what's going on on dynamite the next week. See, I think that's where you make it a spectacle of matches where it's not, you don't feel that way if you miss the flagship show, but you feel like you're out of the water cooler conversation. Exactly. If you miss the show kind of thing, right? And um, I, I'm never out of the water cooler conversation when I don't watch Dark. I've never watched a second of Dark. 
You know what I mean? And I, I know what's going on in AEW and, and I, I'm never confused when I'm watching their show. Like, wait, why is so-and-so champion now? Or why are these two feuding now? Or whatever it may be. I, I saw it all because none of it really happens on dark. If they change that, would you, would you appreciate the YouTube shows more? Or would you just be pissed? Yes. I mean, <laughs> I would be pissed because there's obviously so much wrestling to watch. Like there's that. The cool but, thing is though, you can jump in whenever you want in the YouTube shows. And I, I do yeah. think that speaking to, to dark and, and um, the uh, elevate, uh, because of the glut of talent, you are going to see, I think, more people making appearances. And, and we have, you know, um, OC as as essentially a megastar to most AEW fans was making right. a, a lot of appearances on Dark. We have seen Ke Kevin, Ome uh, Ke Kevin, I was saying Kev Kevin Owens and Kenny Omega as one infused <laughs> human being who, frankly, I'm madly in love with and I'm going to ask <laughs> them to marry me. Um, but... Uh, you know, I, I think that you're right. We will start to see. Um, but for me, I've not been watching uh, a lot of wrestling for the last two months for various personal reasons. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm excited to be jumping back into that right now. Um, I would be prone to at least fast forward to see, you know, Malachi Black if he makes an appearance on Dark. Right. right. Um and there's a decent chance, depending on how my day is going, that I may go, oh, he's the main event. I will go ahead and put the show on. Right. And, and that gets me to watch. And I think that, you know, hopefully they have a business plan. It seems like a lot of your, you know, we've, we've poked fun at, at your complaints. Um, I think that you, you have, uh, maybe it's because of the business that you're in or the vocation. You seem to have like a, a you take a personal sense in, in the promotions of the thing. Um, and I, that's, I think, where I just uh, that I don't have any interest in that. So I don't really think sure. about it. And so I think you but you have a unique perspective on promotions. So I'm sort of retract. I'm taking a few steps back on just crushing you for your opinions, which we've done most of the show to say, hey, you do have this is this is part of your world. So you do understand right. that. And, and you know, your, your concerns are valid. And the thing for me, though, yes, I'm a story guy, but story queen, get it right, queen. please. Thank You're you. a story queen. You got it. Queen. Okay, fine. I'll take it. Story King. Got it. So um, I think when it comes, I don't, I don't follow what happens at house shows, right? Because people make appearances there, but it's just there to be there, right? So making appearances, that doesn't do much for me. Tell the story. I need a reason to watch. There's a lot of wrestling going on. Okay. And I am a story guy, but if, if it comes off as they're just doing shit to do shit, Yes, you're going to start losing my interest. Telling the story is huge for me. And with AEW having so much going on, if the YouTube shows aren't really telling the story, sure, big names are on there. I see the results and I see, you know, they flash the results and Young Bucks are there in a match every now and then and so-and-so's in a match every now and then. That's fine. But they're just, it's, it's basically treated like a house show, right? No one goes through the house shows and make sure they saw what happened and watched the results. Cause house shows don't matter. So if it feels like a house show almost, then I'm not going to watch it. I don't watch, you know, a WWE side. I don't watch main event. I don't, because matches just happen to happen there. There's nothing going on over there. It's just extra entertainment. I'm not in it just for the wrestling. I'm in it for the story as well. If you're not telling the story consistently, I'm not in. I've got a question for everybody just real quickly before we wrap up. Um, so NXT has been pre-taped for the next couple of weeks, because it's going to be on sci-fi. 
Um, what do you guys think about pre-taped wrestling? Does it take you right out and you're like, well, then I don't care? Or because it, it misses something. I like looking at the results and being like, oh shit, that's going to happen in two weeks. I got to make sure to see that. I don't look for the results. I'm not one that likes to be spoiled. Uh, but at the same time, there is always something about pre-taped wrestling. It just feels off. Like, even if it isn't, even if I don't know that it's pre-taped while I'm watching any of the shows and I'm thinking to myself, something feels off. I'll look it up like, oh, they, they taped this a couple days ago. I can't explain specifically what it was, but just that live feel to it is so huge and necessary. Even with the live crowd, it, it just feels something's weird about it. So we'll see how NXT feels, but hmm. I don't look for results. I don't like to be spoiled. I, to me, the immediacy of the crowds is really what sparks the magic in professional wrestling. So even like when they have a, a London show and I know that right. it's pre-recorded, for whatever reason, it takes a little bit away from, which is, you know, silly because I would always watch Raw by letting the first 45 minutes burn so I could fast forward through commercials on the DVR. Right. Uh, you know, it's just this sort of humanness, I guess. But um, I'm, I'm not, I've never like looked for results and then said, oh, cool, I got to see that. You know, I like I, I'm I'm here to be fooled. I, I'm buying in to that yep. premise. Honestly, it doesn't really matter much to me. I, too, am not somebody who seeks out uh, results. If, if I so happen to come across spoilers, uh, especially shoot with uh, me being a New Japan person, I often see spoilers by accident. Right. Uh, it, but I guess what? I'm like, I'm still going to watch it because I like them. So it doesn't really matter much to me. And plus, let's face it, one of the biggest spoilers ever was that'll put butts in the seats. And people still watch that too, because, yeah. because. So I don't know. I think it, it, it's, um, when it comes to the London shows, I purposely per, like love the London shows because of the way they cheer. Oh, because they, when they, things- They sing the Bailey song, yep. it well, sparks joy. Well, yes. that and- um, you know, when they actually like cheer, they say, they say, yay. <laughs> they say, yay. Like, that's you not know, happiness. For us, it's like, all right. Yeah, you hear like kind of muffled right. noise, but no, you hear, yay. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? That's happiness. It's, it's, it's just so uniquely British. And it's like, oh, like they're so cute <laughs> and drunk. Yeah, and drunk. That's it. And drunk. Is. They're all just so hammered and happy that wrestling is happening. And it's I feed off of their drunken energy and their audible yays. It's so cute. <laughs> well, I think if we can take anything away from this conversation, it's that Justin is extremely grumpy this week because his coccyx is throbbing. You know what? I didn't problem. even take I didn't even take that into consideration. Thank so you. that's I, that. I appreciate it all that. makes sense. Yep. All right, I think that's a good spot to wrap it up. Does anyone want to tell everyone where they can uh, be found? I, of course, am in hiding. Do not need to find me at shawnee.constant on Instagram. Uh, all over social media at JV underscore sports underscore talk, jvsportstalk.com, and Chuck's favorite podcast, the JV Sports Talk pay-per-view pod, uh, NXT TakeOver and SummerSlam at the end of August, so another busy week for me there. And I hear we have a pay-per-view on New Year's Day this year. For Ooh. WWE, so happy holidays! You can it's find Christmas. me. On the, you can find it's me on Christmas. the Nerd Radio podcast. You can find me on the One Fall Show podcast, which is what you're listening to now. And you can find me 
on uh, Nate's uh, his, his Twitch doing Super Universe mode on Saturday afternoon, twitch.tv backslash Limit Break Radio. We're heading into WrestleMania season. Uh, and in a couple of weeks, we're going to be redrafting the rosters. And I am super excited for the redraft. Any big matches this week that, uh, that we missed? Oh, what did we have? What did we have? We did have Titus O'Neil versus Shelton Benjamin, which uh, we was the best match we could pick on Raw, uh, which was, you know, uh, Will Anderson or, is uh, he's he's one of our commentators, but he's also got his character in that he's on NXT. And he's been feuding with Dave Mastiff for probably a month and a half now. Oh, the shit-eating grin, Dave Mastiff. Yep, Dave Mastiff is heel as fuck. He's the NXT champion, and we're hoping that Willie can take the belt off him in a couple weeks at NXT TakeOver, just before WrestleMania. Check it out on the One Fall Show's YouTube page. And then I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Erica underscore Bannis. And I guess if you want to read anything that I write, uh, you can do so at WRAF.com and at WCSX.com and other dot coms. I don't know. Just look up my name. Things pop up. Google Honestly, yeah, that that you could read stuff there, too, because that's my portfolio site. So if you feel like reading a bunch of lists, go nuts. EricaBannis.com. All right. Thank you, everybody. Have fun. Be safe. Don't fall in the hole. That's the site. There it is. Yeah, that was me. Were you checking just to see if I was lying? No, I just have never been to it. So I yeah. yeah, so that's me. Uh, I have to add a couple of lists that I've done that I haven't updated my portfolio in maybe about a week or so. You look like a so, badass in that picture too. Like, I mean, you are a badass. Like, uh, don't fuck with Erica. But that picture, like, reminds people, don't fuck with Erica. Uh, Amy took that photo of me. It's one of my favorite photos. And like, I, I, um, I took part in this feature for the Lily. The Lily is like a, um, an offshoot of the Washington Post. And someone was doing like a feature on uh, like your a story about the first time you voted in an election. And I submitted my story and they asked for a photo and, and the woman writing it, she's like, this is the coolest headshot I've ever seen. I go, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> a, thank you. A friend of mine just ran into a record store, took the photo and ran. Uh, but we're really glad it turned out so well. Uh, so there. Very now, good. as far as titles go, um, you now, sir are such a story queen. You are <laughs> yeah, such right. a story queen. Might be the winner. I, also, I have uh, protect murder grandpa at all costs. But I also I feel like that's just an overarching theme of the show. Um, mm -hmm. I also like I don't care much for action figure collecting. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that one that one tickled me. Uh, we might like Baron Corbin now. And actually, that that's it. Those too. were those were the best ones that came out of. I think, I think our, might be a good our conversation about the British, uh, the, the sentence they say, yay, was very they good. say, yay, they say, yay. <laughs> we need right. to say, yay, more. Is, it should be the uh, should say, honestly, we should we, say like, yay more. like go back to like some of the the London shows and just watch some of the entrances, it's particularly like when William Regal comes out for a oh, match yeah. or something. Yay. Yeah. Like, it's so cute. Can, can we all agree that um, when when we're really happy with someone's point, we give them a yay? Yes. Yay! Yeah, for sure. Yay! <laughs> I, I like that. I appreciate that. We should do that. Make it so. <laughs> so it is written. So it is done. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you so much. I think that we've got a really packed episode here. Yeah. This was a fun one. It was a oh. hoot and a holler.
Just like nice it. cash conversation. All right. All right. Before I, before I leave, I, Erica, I wanted to ask. I I tagged you on Twitter recently. Do you uh do you mind that? Do you not like that? Oh, go care? for it. That's okay. fine. Uh, like you know. Like I I. I shared one of your posts and i saw it was one of your posts on the website and i'm like i'm just gonna tag erica in this acdc list and see what yeah. she thinks of this kind of thing but yeah i also was like i should probably ask her if that is pesty no that's totally fine um okay. it just uh it it adds visibility to me and right. that was another that was another list i did i ranked all the songs on back in black so hooray yay, yay. yay. we're well, getting our practice in Another thing, Chuck, since NXT is like your favorite show of the week, will you be on my takeover episode at the end of August? I guess. Uh, <laughs> yay! yay! 